0: You're listening to The Private Citizen, defending your right to have something to say. This is episode 75 for Wednesday, the 23rd of June 2021, YouTube's Unfair Censorship. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm your host, coming to you live from the beautiful city of Dusseldorf in Germany with another episode of The Private Citizen. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, this one's going to be... Uh, a little bit navel-gazely, but I think it's uh it's it's an important topic um, I think it's it's you know just just stick with me here if you think it's just me complaining uh stick with me here there's uh, it's gonna be I think it's uh, I think it's a uh, thing that needs to be considered and that people are not considering um yeah so we're gonna talk about um, YouTube um, deleting or threatening to delete or blocking um, the the previous episode episode 74. The private citizen uh on youtube because i allegedly violated their toss terms of service which i didn't do um we're going to talk about that um yeah i'm just thinking before we get into that do we do we need to talk about anything i just you know just just remember um the website private press. this is where you always uh will find the podcast that is the most important thing. I mean, I, I live stream these on Twitch. I'm doing that right now. Um, afterwards, I upload these episodes to YouTube so you can see me uh, record these. Um, so that's, I, I think it's it's cool. But first and foremost, this is a podcast. Uh, it's a podcast where I have my own servers. I'm hosting these files myself. Um, and you can always go to privatecitizen.press citizen, private and get the latest episodes or get all episodes. There is no... You know, there's no like censoring certain episodes, uh, cutting them out of the catalog. You know, you can get this podcast uh, via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, links all, you know, every show on page has these on the top, but there's always an RSS feed. So no matter what these other guys decide, um, you know, they, they might at any point, like YouTube has just done, decide that I talk about something I shouldn't be talking about. Um, if if that happens, you can always go to private and Not Press, and you you always will have a way uh, to find uh, the podcast there and the episodes there because that's the beauty of uh, the web and open technologies and um and podcasting. You know, it's a good time to be a podcaster, and uh, that's why that's why I'm using these technologies. So that's just a just a reminder here at the beginning. And of course, there's also. Uh, contact links on there and uh, I as always say I appreciate your feedback and we have some very interesting feedback this episode Um, but first uh, let's let's get into the topic Um, I'm I want to talk here uh, I want to talk about in this episode so what what happened with YouTube yeah so what happened is uh funnily enough something i've uh i called <laughs> just just in the in the previous episode um i was you know i had episode uh 73 uh which uh, i titled uh, it's a good time to be a podcaster after um something adam curry said on no agenda yeah it's it's a great time to be a podcaster And uh, that was basically about the new uh, upload filters, you know, copyright issues. uh, And YouTube uh, blocking or going, you know, preparing to block stuff on copyright grounds because of uh, new laws in the European Union. Now, um, of course, I I mentioned uh, quickly uh, during that episode that YouTube has always, or for a longer time, already basically used this upload filter technology to s- check for stuff and something i think i mentioned just as an aside um i might have not i might have forgotten about it but like i was, I was it was definitely on my mind um was the um, the thing we also talked about when we talked about you know the sars v2 pandemic and all the new stuff coming in and last summer uh lots of social media companies and, and youtube decided that uh you it was now against the terms of service if you um uh, uh, you know published uh, information and in youtube's case videos about um, things that um, disagree with uh, the guidance of the world health organization on on covet 19 and i talked about how that is dumb and i'll get into this a little bit more later but basically i mean it's very very easy to see if you've been following this uh, topic like i have since february uh, of 2020 you know that the who has said a lot of things um that they then immediately retracted i mean the, the mask thing um they went from um from yeah maybe wear masks to masks is not a good idea to masks are really important you know back and forth uh, which you know i, I don't blame them for this is a developing developing topic um and you know i mean they they if they work scientifically, you know the scientific consensus. I mean, we did an episode here on on the scientific method evolves, right? Especially in something like this, where you don't know much about this virus, it's apt to change. Things are apt to change, and you know somebody like the WHO or some other, you know the the German Health uh, Institute, the Robert Koch Institute, the RKI. They, if they if they want to stay up up to date on the on the most current guidance, they have to change what they're saying. Um, and that's not bad. Um, I think, though, it was pretty clear that it's a bad idea uh, to say you shouldn't contradict them. Because if they say something um, that's that's wrong or that's behind the times and you have good reason, i.e. peer-reviewed studies, whatever, um, to doubt them, why shouldn't you be allowed to doubt them? Of course, YouTube can decide or, you know, these companies can decide whatever they want is against that you know, terms of service and then act on that. Um, I, you know, I talked about that as well. Um, well, we'll get into that later. But, you know, um, first, let let's let me walk you through what actually happened here. So um, you might know this, or oh, I s- said this uh, earlier as well. Uh, I'm recording these uh, live on Twitch, with, which is a live streaming uh, platform. Um, so I have, you know, people in chat. Uh, who can give me comments uh, feedback live on the show which I really like and some people just like to watch video I know but that some people just like live streams um, uh, on Linux outlaws uh, we didn't really ev- ever wanted to do that live streams uh, Dan at me we just want to record a podcast but people really wanted that so uh, they passed that us long enough so that I you know I started streaming it live back in the day with hangouts and you know it was way before OBS and stuff um, but you know, it it kind of worked, and and you know, ever since I know that people want this, so so I'm I'm doing that. And then because I can, um, because Twitch records these streams, but Twitch deletes them after two weeks uh, in the case of my account uh, because I'm not a partner, uh, I'm just an affiliate, so they delete the stuff after 14 days. Um, but I kind of want to keep them around, so I, I they have a very easy function where you just press a button and it uploads it to your YouTube YouTube channel. And I, you know, I cut it at the beginning and end a little bit, and I put it up on YouTube because why not? It's free. You know, it doesn't cost me anything, and people might want to see my reaction, my face, why I'm talking while I'm talking to you. If you're just listening to this as a podcast, you're like, "What the fuck is this even about?" Um, and you know, as I said, this is pr- primarily a podcast, but this is like kind of a an added bonus that doesn't take much work on my end, and some people like it. Um, and uh, you know that. I, I think that's why not why not do that um i don't think it doesn't hurt um anybody you know as long as i'm not using youtube as my primary way of distributing this content which would be a bad idea and we'll get into that why that would be a bad idea but you know anyway i i did this like i always do i you know i uh edited the show live on stream uploaded it uh started playing some tarkov uh with my friend jonathan you know escape from tarkov video game uh stream video games uh you know, most of the time on, on Twitch um, and um, then I think when we were done or whatever I, I clicked that button and I uploaded this episode to YouTube, it went to YouTube, everything was fine I wake up the next morning and uh, I have a message I have an email and a message in my YouTube account that my video that I uploaded for episode 74 um, has re- has received, a, because of that I've received a strike against my YouTube account for a terms of services violation, as quote, YouTube says, and I've got screenshots of this in the show notes, private, citizen not press. Um, They they were saying I was, quote, uh, spreading, quote, claims about COVID-19 vaccinations that contradict expert consensus from the local health authorities or the World Health Organization. Now, my local health authority is the Robert Koch Institute. I know exactly what they say about these vaccinations. Uh, In fact, (laughs) I read, um, like, one of the things I was talking about on the episode was stuff I had directly from the official documentation that you get. You know, I I received the AstraZeneca vaccine, didn't choose it. That was just the one I received. And you get, like, documentation from AstraZeneca with an AstraZeneca logo on it with the Robert Koch Institute logo on it so my local health organization and also the paul ehrlich institute the pei which is the german government institute responsible for uh vaccines you know and vaccine safety and all these logos were on there so this was this official guidance uh you know which talked about the side effects and you know how the vaccine works and stuff and i've quoted that or you know for memory but i basically retold a lot of the stuff that was on there then the other stuff i talked about was personal experience i had with the vaccine um i don't know how that can even contradict uh, the um guidance from the who or somebody else because they don't have any guidance on how how the vaccine worked on my body i am i'm literally the only person that can tell you that <laughs> um and uh, then I also talked about some studies. I mentioned some studies, which are peer-reviewed studies from PubMed, which, as far as I, I can tell, don't uh, contradict anything the WHO or the Robert Koch Institute is saying. And, um, of course, then the main part of the episode was explaining the new uh, EU implementation of digital immunity passports, which had just uh, uh, come in. And uh, I explained those mainly from the EU's own legal and technical documentation. And, um, I don't think, uh, I mean, that was of course, uh, also from a primary source. And, uh, but I don't think anything of this, I, I wasn't thinking about that, you know, it's this contradicting WHO, but I'm, I'm very sure it, it doesn't. So, uh, none of this, none of the stuff I talked about, which would have been clear to anybody who'd actually listened, right? Actually listened to the fucking episode. Hello. Um, that I didn't do that. um, And, uh, it's, uh, I was, uh, uh, um, to be honest, I was offended because I'm not just like a Joe YouTuber, I'm a journalist. And, you know, I I do, I mean, podcasts to me are a uh, combination of entertainment and journalism. Now, this podcast is very much journalism. I consider this a work of journalism. Of course, I kind of entertain you, I tell you stories from my personal life. That's just the medium. But, you know, when, when I, um, when I research something and present it to you, um, I do that just the same as I would for um, for any article I write. And you know that. People who listen to the show know this because, you know, Private Citizens are Press show notes. I give you all the links. I, I explain to you as clearly as I can uh, how I research this stuff and how I've come to the conclusions. And then, you know, I, I, of course, mix my opinion in it and do some analysis. But I think that's clearly delineated. I think anybody who listens to this knows uh, where that starts, um, and you know that's also also journalism, right? Uh, but like I uh, I I am very I'm I'm a freelance freelance journalist, so I live from my reputation, and I know that people who listen to this. You know, they also they they watch this on YouTube, they see me, and they um, this also falls back towards my other work. So so I, I use the same standards um, and you know legal and ethical guidelines set forth by you know, for for my profession in my country, as well as, you know, standards that are, you know, kind of international, you know, protecting your sources, um, sourcing your your stories, right, and all of that. I use all of that. Um, And uh, to be honest, YouTube kind of insinuating that I was spreading misinformation on COVID-19 is an insult to me. Uh, I I think it's, I I took that as an insult uh, to, not like a personal insult, but an insult towards my professional ethics, because what they are saying there is that I either, um, you know, either I'm intentionally misleading people, which I would never do, that goes against any, like, like, (laughs) I can't even like, I mean, you become a journalist because you want to fight that very thing. If you want to intentionally mislead people, you go into PR, maybe for Google. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, you don't you don't become a journalist if you if you really have passion for the job, then that, that is like the closest from your mind or that my research isn't good. And to be honest, um, I am very, very positive that my research in this topic over like the last year and a half, basically since February 2020. Um has been a lot more thorough and a lot more uh, thoughtful and a lot better than anything anybody at Google who ever looked at this video has ever done. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 very sure about that. Um, so um, because of this, uh, because I kind of took this as a personal insult, I uh, resolved to fight this tooth and nail because it is not just a video. I don't fucking care about the video. This is about my personal, like, my professional honor, my my reputation. And as a freelance journalist, I very much live by my reputation. Like, this it, is kind of the same if you work for a publishing company, but, you know, there you can kind of hide behind the the, the brand, whatever you're writing for, you know. Um, and I, I've never subscribed to that. Like, when I was... Um, when I was, uh, for example, working for Heiser, I was very much putting my name on everything and, you know, out there. And, you know, I was always being very proactive that people know that if I if I write an opinion piece or whatever, it's my opinion, right? I'm not hiding behind the the lawyers and the big publishing house. That's just not how I, I like to work. And so I, I decided I, I need to fight this. Um and I also want want to find out what happened here. I want to ex- I want to find out what happened to me, because I because not many people are talking about this. I think from a, the research I've done, this thing that happened to me happens a lot. It's actually a term for it in Germany. It's called overblocking. I think that's a jump. It's English, but it's a German term. Um, and uh, I want to share that with the public um, because also that's my job. Uh, even <laughs> if YouTube thinks I do my job. Um, not very well. Uh, Mode Seven says in Twitch Chat right now, uh, it is good that they reversed that decision, but which we're going to get to. But it is a good example of why the internal processes of a company can't be li- relied upon um, to fairly and reliably manage what is allowed to be shared. Um, well, I think they, as they are, they can't. I don't. I, 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 don't, I actually don't want to go into this discussion on this show if. Uh, a company could do that if they do it well. Uh, it might even be possible, and, and if anybody can do this, do this, possibly Google. But I'm very much of the opinion that is it is not a company's job to do this, and I'm going to explain why a little bit. But you know, uh, in a little bit. But let's 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 move on here. Uh, so I explained to you what happened. I have explained to you how Google insulted me. I don't think this is. I, I don't take this lightly, by the way, right? I'm not saying this to for drama, right? I've, I feel insulted um it's very hard to actually like rile me on the internet but i get i get extremely pissed off um with people uh, readers who kind of like you know um or listeners although with my podcast that doesn't really happen because uh, people people i think hear me talk and it's more of a um a closer relationship right when you hear somebody's voice then you don't like i don't know with reading uh, people tend to troll writers more i think Um, And I can tell if it's trolling. So I don't really don't react to those instances. But when people really mean it, and I've had this happen in the past, I've been in dialogues with people where they're like, "Uh, you've done shit research here. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, you can say that. I'm open to criticism, but you have to realize that if you are, like you lied basically, or you you, you said you did something and you didn't, then I'm like, I'm very clear that basically what you're just doing is insulting my work. You're insulting my work ethics, right? That is like, if you are a programmer, um, that's like me saying, uh, you, you know, let's say you're a programmer, you write like apps in Python or whatever. That's like me saying, you don't, you don't even know how to program. You're just faking it. Right. Or if you're a car mechanic, then I'm like saying, you know, I bring my car to your shop for you to fix the brakes and then you don't fix them. You know, you just pretend to fix them or something. Or like, you know, that, that, that's like kind of the level, um, that this hits me at, And, of course, uh, uh, this hit me very much precisely because I could... Like, this is baseless. This is a baseless claim. This this is what was annoying to me uh, to the nth degree is that if anybody had actually watched this fucking video, which I know they didn't because this decision, like, was automated, I'm pretty sure. And it was way too fast for somebody to sit down and watch, like... um, an hour and a half of a a video and actually understand like they don't, too too much video gets uploaded to YouTube for them to be being able to do that, which is okay. Um, But then don't fucking tell me I just spread misinformation if it's not true. That's like a, that's a serious accusation to level towards a journalist. I'm not just fucking Joe Schmo YouTuber who uploads some videos. This is like you're leveling a serious accusation. Um, And I don't give a fuck if your system's automatic. You know, that doesn't matter. You just literally, like, insulted me. (laughs) So um, that's why I I am um, pissed off. Uh, uh, Jim says, uh, compared to your... Other work in written form, the podcast contains more jokes and maybe more of your personal opinion. But in my view, you make it clear what is opinion, what is researched. I I hope I do. So I understand you being pissed. I mean, I do that in my work, in my writing as well, especially when I write for myself on my blog. I I think because I think, you know, we've, we've talked about journalism on the show a lot. And I don't think you can um separate uh, personal opinion from anything you write so i think it's important to actually put it in there but i try to delineate that and i do that in my written work as well but i feel that so i i've made this ex- let's let's have a little bit of a discourse before i move move on with the main topic um i've made i've made this experience um as a writer you write something and people will like basically uh send you very uh like rude emails going like, "Oh, you fucking idiot! You don't know any." Basically, not that bad, but like, you, you're spelling shit. You're like, basically, you're just an intern. You don't know what you're doing. And then you write an email back and you go like, "Okay, uh, hello, <laughs> this is me. Um, yeah, I made a mistake there. Um, so I've been making this this certain grammar mistake in German ever since I was twelve. Uh, my my mother and my father both German teachers that try that tried to get it out of me for like forty years uh, or twenty years or whatever, but they can't." Um, and I guess uh, the people who were supposed to edit edit this didn't catch it either. So I'm, I'm sorry I made that mistake. But to be honest, you know, I just wrote a 12,000 word or 12,000 characters in German. We can't always count characters, uh, uh, you know, article there. And like, if that's your only complaint, if your complaint is that and not that I just got the crypto I was writing about wrong, then I'm actually pretty happy. And then they get back to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to say that. This happens. So... In my experience, it happens nine out of 10 times. And most of the other times, the guy doesn't reply anymore. But nine out of 10 times, they suddenly realize you're a human being. They go like, oh, maybe I would. that was too so strongly worded. And my theory is, which is also why I like doing podcasts, um, when you listen to a podcast, and I i don't know, was it Joe Rogan? Some podcasts I talked about this once. Maybe Adam Curry, Joe Rogan, maybe Leo Laporte, some of, some of the, you know, the old guard um, once said that when you listen to a podcast, the person is straight in your ear, right? Or like if you're watching Twitch, stream, you're actually seeing me. You actually can see my face, right, while I'm talking about this, and you can, you can see my emotions and stuff. But even with podcasts, you're right in a person's ear. It's a very much closer relationship. People hear your voice, right? And you tell some personal stories, and they're like, hey, man, this is a human being. Maybe, maybe he was wrong there. And, you know, I can give him criticism and feedback, but let me be maybe a little bit nice because the guy is kind of, you know, I, I know where he's coming from. Maybe, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's also a closer relationship, but usually you subscribe to a podcast and you listen to it longer and it's not like drive by, you found something on Google, you went to a website you've never seen before and then you just start railing on the guy. Um to your credit and support your point fabs. Oh, this is uh, mode seven. Sorry. Saying this in Twitch. chat. when you discover that you've made research error and unknowingly stated something incorrectly, you've always gone back and made that correction. Yes. Which is, that's being a journalist, right? It's that is hard. I can tell you, this is hard. It, it is shameful. You feel horrible when you do that. Um, but you have to, you have to swallow your pride and you have to go. And every, it's hard every fucking time. I can tell you this. And but you have to do this. And I, I, so one of the reasons I really liked at Heise, so I've, I've saw in the past, you know, I've, I've quit my job there because I couldn't stand certain things. But like one thing I respect the shit out of Heise was the Heise had a policy from the very beginning that when they change something in a story that is more than a typo or whatever, um, they put like an edit note there, they put like date time and I say, we changed this because we were wrong, right? And you don't really in, in, in that setting because it's professional magazine style, right? You don't got, go like me, I'm sorry, which is what I do in a podcast, you know, because it's more personal. They just go, we change this, um, which 99% of all publications on the internet don't do, right? They just change it and it's dumb because I mean, you can catch them. I mean, that's Internet Archive uh, with RSS feeds. If you have the right kind of RSS reader and they have full-text RSS feeds, um, you can actually see what they changed, You know, because you have the old feed and then you get get a new version. Um, So I always thought it's silly to hide that. People notice that you did something wrong. You might as well uh, get in front of it. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes, right? The fucking mechanic does makes mistakes when he fixes your car. The plumber makes mistakes. Fucking uh, cardiologists make mistakes. People die every day in a hospital because the fucking doctor makes a mistake. And it, it it it. I think you're only a professional if you own up to that. If you go, yeah, you know, I'm a cardiologist. I save people's life literally every day. And one time this year, I fucked up. Right, I made the wrong decision. Um, I hadn't you know I haven't been sleeping for 28 hours whatever it is you know you make mistakes make mistakes but you have to own up to them um I think this is this is very very critical um which is something I'm going to I'm going to level uh, level at Google now because uh, they didn't do that you know um they admitted they were wrong um uh, but they didn't like even explain why but we'll we'll we're going to we're going to get into that right now So um yeah so that basically um, of course I so Google, uh, Google uh, YouTube has a built-in um, form for this if you get a strike like this you, you can uh, you can you can raise your objections right you can uh, you can dispute this claim which I of course did and um, I, I wrote in there in the dispute that I'm gonna send a, an email um, to the Google press office um because you know, google handles youtube's press um it's like that's their press you know it's like company wide and i did and in this email i wrote to the google press office i quoted uh, my um my dispute sorry i'm just going to have to get some more coffee here um it's in the evening and i've had some very stressful days uh with like personal Things that's been that, that have been going on, something. And then in the night it went down, I'm playing like Escape from Tarkov. I'm an idiot, and I, I can't sleep. Um, so I need coffee. Anyway, um, yes. So they. Um, so, so I wrote to, to Google's press office, and I quoted my 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 claim. So I'm going to read out the email I wrote to Google um, for transparency reasons. You know, I like to do this. So I wrote. Dear ladies and gentlemen, my name is Fabian Scherschel, and I'm a freelance journalist from Germany. I have a history of almost a decade of professional journalistic work covering mostly open source news, IT policy, InfoSec, and privacy stories. Since February 2020, I've also been covering the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic, especially from a technical level concerning various COVID-19 apps and their privacy and security applications. I've been covering this and its societal impact, among other places, in my podcast The Private Citizen. And this has like in the, in the in the email I wrote it also has links. I just removed those because you know where all this is found when you're listening to this. Episodes of this podcast are live recorded on Twitch, as we're doing mm-hmm. now, and I export them to my YouTube channel. I've covered the last, the SARS-CoV-2 app, yeah, CoV-2 pandemic, its impact, and scientific research pertaining to this topic since March 2020. ...on this podcast in 30 episodes to date. 11 of these episodes are on YouTube. Uh, you know, as, as you might know, I, just, I only started live streaming this uh, at some point in the life of the podcast. Yesterday, I received a community guideline strike against my channel for the latest episode of the podcast, which I also uploaded to YouTube. Your complaint states, Medical misinformation... YouTube doesn't allow claims about COVID-19 vaccinations. This is wrong, by the way. It's the Zasco v 2 vaccination. So there you can already tell that they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, Doesn't allow claims about COVID-19 vaccinations that contradict expert consensus from local health authorities or the World Health Organization, WHO. Back to what I'm saying. Um, This is not the case. I therefore disputed this claim as follows. And now I'm quoting my, what I wrote in the dispute um, I've been covering the topic of SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19 since February 2020 as a freelance journalist for a number of outlets. I'm well versed in the topic and I'm not aware of how this video is violating your guidelines. In fact, I think your blocking of this video might violate my rights as a member of the press in Germany. I would like you to... You to explain to me with concrete examples where my video contradicts experts' consensus from the RKI or WHO. I doubt very much that this is the case, and will assume that this point at this point that someone on your end made a mistake. I will contact the Google Press Office about this and reserve the right to use this case as part of my coverage as a freelance journalist in any fo- in any story for any outlet I see fit. Back to the email. Um, I wrote to Google. As a member of the press, it is my duty to report on topics that are important to the public. This is undoubtedly this undoubtedly ex- includes the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. I do so with care and a lot of work experience. I do so with care. So you can tell that I'm actually using the real the the right name for what is happening. Uh, <laughs> Not calling Corona or COVID-19, um, I do so with care and a lot of work experience. I constantly do my utmost to abide by the German Press Codex in my work. As uh, I, I think I talked about this in the past, the German Press Codex is kind of like a, um, a set of rules that journalists kind of self-regulate here in Germany. Um, As such, I research my stories well and use primary sources whenever possible. The idea that I'm spreading, quote, medical misinformation, end quote, with my work is frankly abhorrent to me. I will assume there was some kind of mistake here and that you will explain to me what happened in as much technical detail as possible. Otherwise, I'm apt to consider this kind of unsupported claim against my work as a grave insult to my work ethics. I'm aware that you see I can I can fucking write these fucking (laughs) This is one of my hobbies, you know. I can, I can formulate a sentence. <laughs> I am aware that you can conduct yourself on your pl- platform as you see fit. I, I mean, I'm reading this out because this is a lot of, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, explain it all again on the show here. So kind of speaks for itself. I am aware that you can conduct yourself on your platform as you see fit. But you are effectively silencing a member of the press based on unsupported claims. I also see nothing in my past work history or my history with your platform that would support such a measure. YouTube, in my eyes, isn't simply a video platform of a private company anymore, but a social phenomenon that influences society at large to a significant degree. As such, it should, at least in my eyes, hold itself to a higher standard than this – With such reach and influence comes responsibility as well. Aside from being passionate about security and privacy, freedom of the press is a a very important topic to me. And as a veteran IT journalist, I intend to cover this situation in my further work previous research of mine into youtube bans of videos concerning the last the 2 pandemic would suggest that there have been a number of occurrences of bans that objectively examined were not justified and you know there's i've, I've done some more research since then and uh, yeah i stand by this um i um i think amidst oh, oh god i just uh i'm, I'm mistyposed that that's not that's not good i should have fixed that um wait let me just bring up the show notes here and uh, at least fix it in my version maybe i've also mistyped this way i was uh copy and pasting it i was form- uh, formatting it a little bit um but maybe yeah i don't know that would be annoying um Aside from being... I'm sorry. There's some live editing here. This is, this is how it goes. Emits... Uh, okay. it's better. Um, right. Um... Previous research of mine into YouTube bans of videos concerning the ASCO V2 pandemic would suggest that there have been a number of occurrences of bans that, objectively examined, were not justified. I think amidst amidst the current discussion of modern journalism, its shortcomings, and the, for lack of a better term, culture wars raging with regards to the subject at the moment, this is a topic that warrants a closer look. And you have just increased my passion for this topic very much. I'm here by extending extending you the opportunity to explain to me what happened and to explain your side of the story so that I may include it in my coverage. I would also like to notify you that I will bring this issue to the attention of my trade organization, the Deutsche Journalistenverband, (DJV), because I think this kind of treatment constitutes a significant threat to the ability of freelance journalists in Germany to do their work. I await a swift response. Of course... As you might guess, there was no swift response. There was no response at all um, until the recording of this episode. However, 24 hours after the ban, uh, YouTube unbanned the video and I got the following automated email. We have reviewed your appeal for the following content. Video, Private Citizen 74, Immunity Passports are here. After taking another look, we can confirm that your content does not violate Community Guidelines. Thank you for your patience while we reviewed this appeal. Our goal is to make sure content doesn't violate our Community Guidelines, so that YouTube can be a safe place for all. (laughs) I'm... I have to hold the vomit back. Fucking PR speech. And sometimes we make mistakes trying to get it right. We're sorry for any frustration our mistake has caused you and we appreciate you letting us know. Yeah, I appreciate you not at all, you fucking fuckhead. So obviously they were wrong and they admit so. They admit they're wrong. Um, but what they not saying is giving me, yeah, they're not giving me any detail of what went wrong. Uh, they're not telling me how they're making sure this won't happen again with like this very video that I'm going to upload in a little bit. Um so they don't even have the decency to write to me personally. Um, it's just an automated email. Um, I decided uh, to give them another chance, uh, not so much review of this podcast, but some stuff I'm going to write about this um, probably. Um, so I sent them a follow-up email to the pre- Google Press Office uh, this morning. Uh, so, and that email went as follows. Dear ladies and gentlemen, I re- I have received an automated message some time ago admitting that you made a mistake blocking my video, and that it it this is like you know uh, quoting the old email, so, um, admitting that you made a mistake blocking my video, and that it has been reinstated. Unfortunately, this message includes no information on what went wrong, and let you t- uh, what went wrong and led you to assume basically in my opinion, that I was spreading misinformation. As I have pointed out to you, I consider this kind of behavior from your company a serious issue where press freedom is concerned here in Germany, and I will cover it in some forthcoming articles. I have also started a dialogue with my trade union and fellow journalists to bring some attention to this issue. This will be my last email to you in this matter, and I urge you to start a dialogue to explain your side of the story here. If you do not answer, I will assume that you are not interested in resolving this kind of overblocking of legitimate content on your end. And, you know, I mean, I, I'll let you know if they ever get back to me. I don't think they will. I, I think they're just going to ignore this because I'm not important and I've never won a Pulitzer Prize and I don't work for the New York Times. Um, but um, I'm, I'm going to explain to you now why, uh, despite my, you know, or aside from my hurt feelings, I think this is a very important issue. <laughs> I mean um i wouldn't be wasting your time here you have to believe me if this was just about my hurt like i wouldn't make a podcast episode about my hurt feelings i think um as i um hinted in those emails i'm gonna explain to you why i think this is a serious problem um what seven says maybe they'll flag this video for misinformation about youtube's content policies probably probably they ban my channel outright or whatever if that happens um if you're watching this on youtube let me just let me just say if you're watching this on youtube private citizen private citizen.press. if you never hear anything from me anymore on youtube that's where you should go <laughs> um Hurt Feelings would be a different podcast, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't don't think that's... um, I mean, I I like to rant and I like to, you know... I'm a journalist, so something like this happens to us. We make a story out of it. That's what we do. Uh, But I'm going to explain to you why. uh, Because I think this is... uh, This is not about me, right? Make no mistake. It's not about me. It's not about my video. I couldn't care less, really. Um, I could just upload gaming videos to YouTube. Who gives a fuck? My YouTube channel is is not monetized anyway. uh, When they the whole thing where they're like okay you need so many viewers now to uh to be monetized you know i fell off the uh, my channel fell off the wagon there um so i don't give a fuck i just upload stuff to youtube because people like to watch it you know some people like to watch it's not even like you know i don't know um the people watching this podcast on youtube is is like less than one percent of the viewership um probably less than that it's probably uh 0.1 0.1 of a percent or something i don't know um but it's not it's not a lot uh, i don't care um i mean this is there is a reason and i talked about this earlier there's a reason why this is a podcast yeah it's it's a great time to be a podcaster because i have my own infrastructure i've RSS, you know this is a lot more censorship resistant um, and I talked about this. I mean, just listen to episode uh, seventy-three, and you will you will see. Uh, you know, I explained this all there. Um, but you know, um, YouTube clearly. I mean, that episode was about copyright and stuff. But YouTube is it's clear. YouTube is not a platform you want to go if you care about freedom of information first and foremost. I mean, this this COVID nineteen policy um, made that clear when it came into effect. Um, now. Still, what they're doing here, and this is important to me because, I, you know, I'm interested in press freedom, freedom of speech, this is censorship. Um, people um, tend to disagree with this. And I recently had even some discussions, not specifically about this, what happened to me here, but interestingly, in another context where I wrote something about censorship by companies and about podcasting, I had some journalist colleagues who I work with. Um, said that that isn't censorship, and they were quoting the uh, Article Five of the Grundgesetz, the German Constitution, um, which says literally in the article in in the in the law it says, "quote censorship does not exist." Eine Zensur findet nicht statt. That's what it says. Um, but many people misunderstand this very clause. The the, the the problem is the the censorship article of the Grundgesetz of our constitution. Um, is aimed at censorship by the state towards its citizens. Um, this is, of course, a historic um, occurrence, you know, uh, thinking back of the, the Nazi regime and all of that, it tries to protect against that. So basically what that article says is the law, the the, the state should not make any law, you know, Congress sh- should not pass any such law um, that enables censorship. Uh, by the state, right? So there, there shouldn't be any laws that basically uh, codify censorship. Which you know you can, you you could. I mean, I've studied politics and I've been interested in, in constitutional matters, um, and we debated a lot of these things. And there are debatable laws where you could go. These actually violate Article Five, uh, GD GD. We, we uh, this is interesting, especially in the in the in the Twitch, uh, uh, um, context, uh, we, uh, the, 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 German Grundgesetz is often abbreviated GG, <laughs> good game. Um, but you know, it, 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 um, that, that is what that's aimed after. Um, so th- actually, um, so the, the thing that YouTube is doing is not illegal censorship, especially not under the constitution. Um, and if you're American, this is weird because you know, the free speech, um, I mean, I didn't study this in politics because we never I never did anything specifically on the U.S. Uh, but as far as I understand it, the, the U.S. understanding of free speech is very different, and the laws also apply in some cases to private companies. But here uh, in Germany, this is not illegal censorship because it's not the state doing it. Um, it is censorship. It's censorship of a private company towards citizens, or in my case, the press, um, based on terms of service. Um but that is legal, and companies love to do that. Uh, little little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, companies to do love to do if they censor something, they all censor it based on terms of service. Um, I mean, I'm talking German lawyer. Of course, I'm not a lawyer and stuff, but you know, um, from my research, um, you know, the AGB as we call it in Germany, the allgemeine uh, Geschäftsbedingungen, in terms of service, they they love to censor um, based on that because. Um, if you want to fight this as a user, let's say as a user of YouTube, then that is a civil uh, matter. You will have to – that that will be a civil lawsuit. Um, and basically, as an individual, you don't have – you have very little chance of, like, you know – of of winning a civil lawsuit against Google because a huge company like Google they have limited war coffers they can uh, use to finance their lawsuits they have basically unlimited lawyers on retainer whereas you have to pay all your own stuff you have to pay your own they can just win and companies often have done this um with individuals if they weren't backed by NGOs or somebody who's you know who's, who could pay their war chest um, you know, stuff like when when Linux, Linux kernel is concerned, then the community gets together, or some companies, whatever. But if you're just an individual, they can just basically even win the lawsuit without winning it. Their tactic would be just to like drag it out because a- every day that this lawsuit goes on costs money and you're going to get go bankrupt at some point, whereas Google isn't. Um, so basically the only chance to win something like this, if I would, would now have to fight YouTube, for example, um, I, I would have to be like, get legal support from, like, my trade organization or, like, uh, an NGO that is concerned about freedom of the press. And interestingly, um, I mean, we have this law called NetzDG uh, in Germany. I have a link in the show notes that explains this, uh, the Network Enforcement Act in Germany, which basically deals with um, things that are illegal um, in social networks. They have to delete um, so you know, child pornography uh, in Germany, the, the whole thing with the verfassungsfeindliche Symbolus or anything that's like Nazi-related. You know, if you post a Swastika flag, right? That's that's illegal, as in that's a criminal offense. And this law makes it the responsibility of the social networks to delete this; otherwise, they could be um, make them they could be liable under criminal law towards the state, right? Um, so in Germany if you like if it, it's different we have a we have a, um, a Roman type legal system which is different than the one in the US um, or the um, the UK in, in in German in Germany we divide everything in in civil law and in in uh, criminal law and criminal law is always the state prosecuting somebody and the state has to like if there's if there's the assumption that a crime has taken place under criminal law, then the state prosecutor has to, they they can't even decide, they can't go, no, we're not prosecuting this, they have to. They're legally required to prosecute this. Anybody who sees something like that happening is legally required to tell like the police or whatever. Like If if I see somebody getting shot outside my window, I'm legally required to call the police to tell them what happened because the state needs to investigate this. Whereas civil law is just, you know, anybody can sue anybody and it's like, you know, and you don't have to. And the state is really not involved. This, you know, the, the, the courts are involved. They're going to decide. But it's always a um, a private entity against another private entity. That's that's the big difference here. And, you know, net related stuff would be criminal law. And companies don't do that. Like, even if they, they there have been, like, studies that are really interesting that um, show that uh, these companies, these tech companies, um, they will block stuff that they have to block under NetzDG because it's illegal. Um, but, like, if they block it and they suspend your account or they send you an email about whatever, they always talk about their terms of service. They just wrote that shit into their terms of service, which they don't have to do. Like, it doesn't matter if it's in their terms of service. It's illegal content. It has to be blocked in Germany. If you're operating in Germany, and that means if you have a website and there are Germans using this website, it doesn't mean you have your company has to be in Germany it means if Germans are using this website, you have to abide by these laws. Otherwise you are like, you know, I don't, if you don't, if you don't operate in Germany, if you don't have a presence in the EU, basically, I don't know what they can actually do, but like, if you ever open one, they could, you know, I don't know, seize your money. or I don't, I don't know how that works, but like, um, so they in terms of service really don't apply because this is like against the law, and they have to do it, but still they wrote it into their terms of service so that they can cl- quote the terms of service because so if if I upload something to YouTube or Twitter or whatever and they block it under Nestagate, then the assumption is they're saying that was illegal um, and if it's not illegal, if they block that by mistake, right so if let's say um this video i uploaded to youtube hypothetically wasn't about misin. you know they wouldn't they they aren't un- like here they claimed it was misinformation about covid um which is not allowed under their terms of service if they had said okay you violated there was a swastika flag in there or you you were like spewing nazi um uh you know uh, you know, you were reciting Nazi speeches or whatever, and and you know, obviously calling people to uprisings or whatever. And this is illegal under Netzdigi. And they had actually made a mistake, and they had admitted they making made a mistake. Then I could counter sue them, because I think I would have a case that they actually uh, uh, libeled me. Um, that would actually be, I think, I'm not a lawyer, obviously, but I think that you know, you have a case there that is, there's the netstig has special articles. That are built around users or like content creators actually suing a provider who who blocked their stuff on the grounds of not, uh, on the grounds of Netstiggy without that being justified. And that would be a criminal case, which has a much more like level ground, right? It's so if I if if I'm involved in a criminal case against Google and um, for example, I don't have like there's some some cases where if I don't have a lawyer I actually get a lawyer from the state, they don't have like they get they can't have special lawyers they can't have, have like 15 lawyers they have to have you know a, a legal you know a criminal um whatever you no know, attorney whatever there's very different rules and your chance of winning that as as an individual is actually much bigger as far as I can understand if you read stuff from actual lawyers that write about this. Um, they have a much bigger chance of winning and it could hurt them also because it's a criminal case. It it would be like a crime um, for whoever made the decision at the company. They could, I don't know. I don't think there's, there would be jail time about this, but you know, theoretically, if there was, they could go to jail. They probably would just be fined, but it would also be like a personal, whereas like in a civil case, if you sue the company, the, if you win the company takes the hit, right? Uh, in a in a criminal case, the company has to tell the court who is responsible for this, and they are personally responsible. It's like when the um, when the uh, VW um, you know the scandal with the uh, the manipulating the diesel things, right? That was that turned into a criminal case, and they were going personally after the people who made the decision, right? And they can't hide behind the company and its money. You're personally on the hook, and if there's uh, jail time involved, you're personally going to jail. Um, which is apparently why a lot of these companies uh, are using their terms of service instead of in the actual laws, which I find is, is hilarious. If you want, if you read German and you want to know more about this, um, I've linked a study um, in the in the show notes: uh, "Das NetzDG in der praktischen Anwendung: Eine Teilevaluation des Netzwerkdurchsetzungsgesetzes, Like four hundred pages uh, by a guy called Professor Dr. Mark Liesching um it's been published in february of this year it's, it's it's very cool i've obviously haven't read the whole thing um but you can get like a, um an open um uh, version of it like an e-book which is free and uh, I've, I've i've read some stuff in there and it's, it's very interesting It's this is basically about overblocking um in in this case based on you know net DGs so or criminal stuff but it's basically it's the same topic it's like um like in the episode when we talked about Google and copyright, this is all kind of woven together because they're using the same um, mechanisms to catch this content, right? They, YouTube uses the same mechanism to catch criminal stuff as they uh, used to probably uh, flag my video, as they do to flag uh, music violations. Um, It's all the same algorithms, and that's why it's all tied together. And that's why you read a study where where they say there's a lot of overblocking happening based on NETS DG. You can kind of assume that there's overlapping, uh, overblocking happening in other areas as well, um, which I find really interesting. Um, Jonathan, my friend Jonathan... Uh, in twitch chat please go to court court i'm so excited for pissing off big g uh no uh, sorry i'm like i've got i've got shit to do man i've got stories to write i can't you know i don't i mean i like court but i much rather i'm a court reporter than actually on the fucking witness stand um i leave that i, I leave fucking with google in court to max schrems um he seems to have uh have that down he seems to that seems to be working for him um So, of course, you know, whenever I talk about this, um, people always say, well, but yeah, YouTube is a private company. They can do whatever they want, which is true. Legally, um, they can do on their platform whatever they want. They can censor random topics. They can censor random people. Um, Legally, they can do that. Um, But it becomes a gray area, in my opinion, um, when they're doing this to journalists. Um, Because... Uh, many journalists, including at big established publishing companies, use YouTube to distribute journalistic work. Um, They, you know, when they're at big publishing companies, they primarily do this for the reach, but maybe also for the free uh, bandwidth, which is where everybody else, like freelance people, just like YouTubers are doing that. And, you know, YouTubers uh, can be journalists. I mean, there there were court decisions in Germany, but basically they were very clear that, um, you know, you're having a press credential card or you're working at a, at a, a, a publishing company doesn't make you a journalist um, because, you know, then freelance journalists wouldn't be journalists. Basically, YouTubers and bloggers can be journalists under German law. It's all about, um, are you covering important topics of interest to the public? And are you doing it under, you, you have to, you um, Use journalistic standards. So if if you know if Jonathan was gonna get his wish wish and this was be coming to court, I would have to probably um, explain why I think the private citizen is a journalistic work, and I I'm pretty sure the court would agree because I would I would lay out how I produce the show, what I do, and you know this is not different than doing a, pr- preparing an article if I'm or doing a video if I'm at a publishing you know as a at a broadcaster. Right? They do they do this exact they do this the, exactly like I do. They look at primary sources, they talk to people, and you know, I mean this is journalism. It 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 is journalism. Um yeah, um uh captain Eckert says uh sorry you just joined not fully aware of the context uh maybe you should start uploading the episodes also to uh, lbry distributed youtube like thing cannot be censored uh etc uh, odyssey.com um yeah i mean i could yeah i can I can look at that uh, maybe that would be an off the grid uh, episode uh, off the grid topic or something um generally I'm, I'm i i i don't i'm not worried um as i said earlier I, this is not a huge part of my audience um this is a podcast for reasons and so as long as the podcast is safe i don't care like if they you know if they pull if they pull videos uh or, or kill my channel or whatever i'll I'll use that as an excuse to to write about it and do more podcast episodes about it but i'm not worried it, it doesn't um it doesn't uh it doesn't end dangerous this is just a bonus thing i'm doing you know um but i think um this is an important topic because when we're talking about journalists and youtube doing this to journalists um i think youtube is becoming an important medium and i really think that it's an important factor in the everyday life of people it's becomes it's becoming a factor that influences society i mean at the point in germany where um a very famous uh youtuber a young youtuber got an exclusive interview um his name is isn't it rezzo i don't watch him rezzo whatever his name is um he uh got an exclusive interview with chancellor merkel um in the run up of the last election uh, because i think everybody knew and uh, merkel and her party knew that his his impact on young voters was enormous um and, I mean, ever since it's clear that this is a very important platform, I mean, there are people that are younger than I me. Mean, I don't watch any linear TV. I don't watch TV news. I get, like, my video news I also get from YouTube. And people that are younger than me also, like, probably those those people, you know, some Zoomers uh, or whatever, the next generation is probably getting this off TikTok, which is fucking I'm just don't, let's not even start discussing that uh, but you know it's it's important it's uh, it's an important platform and it influences our society and it influences democracy and that interview with merkel was kind of proof about that i think so i think as i said in the email to google i think youtube has a high responsibility uh to do better they can't just go oh we're a private platform we can do whatever you want um, i think they can't do that i think they should be allowed to do that i think at some point there should be laws um, I don't know how you would formulate these laws. I'm not a politician. I'm not a lawmaker. Um, but I, at some point, it's kind of like the discussion I had when I did this episode about Twitter, right, uh, and and Trump, um, where people are well, they can ban Trump. No, I think uh, at the point where like the primary um, communication channel between a the the head of state and uh, his citizens is Twitter right because it's it's not the the press conferences anymore and it's not the pre- he decided to go around the press conferences and around the established press at that point it becomes something else it, you can't just say oh it's a private company they can do whatever they want we ha- we are in a different um era now right um it's like a society changes and this is a change we need to adapt to i think um and i think there's an argument here because that article 5 of the of gg of the good game the grundgesetz we talked about earlier um also it it also talks about press freedom and it guarantees press freedom and if we would agree that a platform uh has special uh, like youtube has a special responsibility um then maybe they can't maybe they shouldn't be allowed to just censor important journalistic works right doesn't matter if they're a private company at that point, and I mean, you know, I talked to uh, people from uh, the for my trade union, like um, you know, professional organization, the Deutsche Journalistenverband, about this, and you know, you know, I was trying to explain my position and what I think, and I think what they, what also the colleague I was talking to wasn't understanding, is I said, see, you gotta, I, I've worked at publishing companies before and i know um, they all basically think that like that they have youtube channels right a lot of these companies uh, have youtube channels i mean they're not broadcasters they might might do like writing um, but they they branch out into video and then um you know in some case so in 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 heise's case they had their own video platform that they tried to establish for years and they still went to youtube because the reach was there And I know from these places that, like some of these places I know because I've I've visited them, I've been there, I've talked to people who work there. Um, I know that they're self-censoring themselves. You know, they have a YouTube channel with like half a million uh, subscribers or whatever. Uh, They would never, even if they think it would, it, it behooves them journalistically. Uh, They would never put any content about like SARS-CoV-2 vaccines on that YouTube channel because they are afraid as a huge publishing company with lawyers and everything that Google will just do the same thing and delete their videos and strike their channel and maybe even delete their channel and they can't risk that. So while they are writing about these topics, they would never, like they do videos about everything else they write about, but they would never do this on YouTube, right? These topics, they self-censor themselves and that is Dangerous. Because if you go like, yeah, this is not censorship because this is not uh, Grundgesetz relevant, it's not the constitution doesn't apply, yeah, but like it's still censorship. And if we if you get to the point where like the press is afraid, for whatever reason, right? For whatever reason, if the press is afraid to like say something in a in a public forum, which YouTube I think is, right? It's that's that's what I've been talking about, then then we have a problem. And I think this is something the journalists need to be aware of right um and if you're not at a big publishing company then if you do video youtube might be your only way to do important journalistic work and there is important journalistic work on youtube and there are people covering topics uh i mean covid is just one example there is people talking about Uh, You know, environmental issues about labor issues that like traditional publishing companies, because they're afraid to be sued or whatever, or they're politically involved, that they're not reporting on this. They report on this on YouTube and they do important. Um, independent journalistic work and YouTube is these days the only way, you know, or a platform similar like that, you know, uh, the only way to get this out and to get this to uh, a large audience, and that is something that we need to preserve. We can't allow, I think, a, a private company, even if it is their platform, to just go, no, 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 we're not. We're just gonna, you know, we we do whatever we want. No, you don't. You have a responsibility. You have a special responsibility. Um, uh, mode seven says, I don't think that officials should be allowed to use private communication, communication, like Twitter as their primary means of communication. Um, I mean, we talked about this, oh, this is in response to like Trump and Twitter, right? Um, I, I, yes, I think, I think I was discussing this with Mike and, or maybe it was like also Twitch chat or whatever, or somebody, some feedback from listeners. I, I disagree with that because I mean, you can, you can, you can put yourself You can say that, right? That that can be your stance. But I think it's just, um, it's unrealistic. (laughs) You can't just say, oh, uh, a a politician shouldn't be allowed to do what works for them, right? Um, uh, Specifically because, I mean, it's unrealistic because if you understand politics, you understand that politicians will always do what works for them, right? If it's against the law or not, they will do this. And then also, like, who's going to make that law, right? Let's say Trump is in power and is specifically president of the United States because of his social campaigns and him using Twitter to speak to his the people who vote for him directly. Like, he's not going to allow under his watch a law to be passed like that. And then the next guy, you know, noticed that, like, Pelosi or whatever or Biden didn't go and, like, make that law because they're thinking, hey, uh, no, we're not going to outlaw this. This is like Trump is smart. We're going to use this tactic the next time around. And to be honest, you know, it wasn't Trump who pioneered this. It was Obama. Obama started this. Obama, I mean, he didn't get elected over the Internet, but he stayed in office that way. He Probably the second time, you know, he was doing that. He wasn't talking as directly to uh, his constituencies like to twitter but he was like he was i mean it was all more polished you know not as not as emotional not as direct but like that's that's what he did and it's like it's in a in a in a modern world but th- those are the tools it's like it's just like unrealistic to say hey politicians shouldn't be using that right it's like Oh, politicians shouldn't have podcasts. Politicians shouldn't have YouTube channels or whatever. Or like journalists shouldn't use YouTube. There should be a law against... Like that's not how it works. That's where the that's where the attention is. And uh, the journalists and, and politicians have one thing in common. They go... NPR people, they go to where the attention is. Often you can't... You can't... Even as a politician, you can't influence where the attention is. Like journalists can't, right? Like Heiser tried to have a video platform... Um, for themselves because they control it that just wasn't where the attention is you can't just go and say i'm gonna i'm gonna say where the attention is right no the attention was people went to youtube youtube established itself as the place to go for video um and twitter is the the place to go for short news blurbs that's just how it works and then you can't just go no we're not having that you just you like you can't outlaw that right it's like saying hey I know we invented the nuclear bomb but let's not build anymore right that doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Um, so I think the only way forward is we need to live with this. Um, that doesn't mean there can't be rules, right? Which I'm kind of advocating uh, for here as well. Well, I actually act, – I, I am actually not advocating because I don't like, like legislation, you know, because I'm a, I'm a freedom-loving guy. I don't – like, that's always my last option for the state to legislate something because, as we know, they will never roll it back once they do. And then you have everything legislated at some point. Um So my my appeal would actually for Google to realize that they have a special, um, special uh, responsibility and cut out the crap, right? Stop stop being dumbasses with this shit, and then we don't need to legislate this. But at some point we might have to legislate it. There might there might have to be laws. Um, The courts might have might to have to be. What am I trying to say? Might have to be involved. I think is what I'm trying to say. Mold7 um, uh, says, I hear what you're saying and I understand uh, where you're coming from on that issue, but there are too many problems with things like Twitter. The information needs to be disseminated in a way that doesn't violate the citizen's privacy rights there are a lot of other issues with twitter so yeah you're right you're right i mean but that's just the reality of it as well right that's just like you can't you can't just go we should have this all on federated social media federated social media is not a thing we've tried to make make it a thing but as far as the public is concerned um you know there's just like there's there's like a 0.1 percent of the attention uh, compared to twitter um uh, the problem is that, uh, Captain Eckhart says the problem is that these huge platforms are actually a monopoly, either cut them up or have competition, force restrictions on them, um, consider them as infrastructure, like communication cables, do not allow them, uh, to censor anything. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's true. Yes. They are, you know, in their, re- I mean, they're not technically probably a monopoly as a, you know, as a monopoly was originally you know legally defined in the 19th century or whatever but you know there are monopoly uh you know in the in the in the spirit of the law if not the letter of the law i also don't know how to deal with that uh efficiently but yes i think we need to um we need to um uh, in what seven says? I think they need to stick with press conferences and journalists that do a good job need to be present and reporting. Yeah, I think that too. But that 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 ship has sailed. <laughs> First of all, there are no, no good uh, journalists at these press conferences anymore, and you know the 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 cat's out of the bag. Um, Trump has taught every politician that they might as well just talk to the people directly, and they can cut out the middleman, which is what you do. And which is just a logical, uh, you know, it's like people streaming on Twitch instead of like having TV shows, right? <laughs> it's like, why why have a middleman if you um, if if you have a name and if you know if you have an audience? Um, but anyway, I think I think there needs to um, there needs to something needs to be done um and I think uh there's 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 important journalistic work being done on YouTube and you know on top a topic like the coronavirus pandemic is obviously uh an important topic that's interested interesting to the public and you just like i think you know it's it's wrong in the first place to censor people like me uh based on like toss clauses that these people haven't broken right that that is like the first level of wrong that is clearly wrong. And Google themselves admitted that they were wrong, um, but I also think um, that it should should not be like where I where I am concerned, we should at least ask the question, like should it be allowed for a private company to censor the press when it comes to like let's say contradicting guidance from the WHO or RKI? I mean, we know it's been uh, clearly documented that both of these agencies have been wrong on, on numerous occasions and which is just as I said in the beginning it's just natural that that's not a problem at all and then they had to correct themselves later um, but then also um, additionally the RKI for example is a government agency in Germany right they're run directly by the government um, and if you're a journalist your calling in regards to government agencies uh, is is clear. Uh, the, the it's the journalist's job to keep the government and its agencies on their toes. And it's your job to contradict these agencies if they're wrong. And we've clearly seen, uh, painfully, uh, what happens if that isn't the case, you know, during the Nazi regime it's very clear. You can see very clear what happens if the press is forced to agree with the government. Like, it doesn't matter how that is achieved. Um, but that is not good for democracy, <laughs> you know. Democracy can't function. Um, so, so for a private company to say, "Well, hey, journalist, uh, on our platform," that's basically what they're saying. They're saying, "Where this topic is concerned, on our platform, platform, you cannot criticize the government." And people in Germany are like, "Oh, the Robert Koch Institute, they're scientists. No, they're not." They, you know, they have they they employ scientists, they employ doctors who have uh, people have PhDs and medical doctors, but and they might be working as scientists on the side, but their primary job is not being scientists. They are working for a government institute. Their job, their government employees, Their job is to do what the government tells them to do. Right and. They, 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 i mean by the very definition they put out propaganda that's what government institutions do they 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 publish uh information that benefits the government which if i mean you know i mean google you can you can now uh uh, block this video on tos grounds because i said the rka publishes uh, propaganda but let me just let me just show you right let me just give you a reference there's a very old book by edward bernays called propaganda where he explains how this works that is what propaganda is propaganda is pr for the government right and it is undoubtedly what these um what these government agencies do um you know of course the robert Koch institute is not the worst case there much worse government agencies um but in the end they're a government agency it is my job as a journalist to you know contradict them when i think they're wrong that, that's that's my job that's what that's what the press is there for you should do that to companies as well but that's like second yeah i mean that's not that's not as important um keeping government on their toes is is my calling that's what journalists do um Anyway, um, yeah, so that's, I hope I've explained why I think this is an an important topic and I'm going to keep an eye on this. Um, And maybe if I get some other people on board and interested, because I certainly, I know that this is happening. I know that um, colleagues of mine are self censoring themselves. I know that um, videos have been blocked on on spurious grounds. Um, It's obvious if you talk to people. Um, and I know that I'm not the only one this has happened to, so I think it's an important topic. And maybe I can get people interested in this, um, because I don't certainly don't see any of my colleagues like reporting on this. Uh, I haven't seen anything of this, and uh, I think it needs to be reported on, and that needs to be looked at. And uh, maybe we can we can force a change here. Uh, maybe we can at least get Google uh, to be a bit more conservative with their blocking, right? And be a bit more careful. Um, that that would that would that would that would be nice, because I feel like this is this is a serious issue, and especially in a time where a lot of people don't trust the the established press. I think um, we are part of the. I've talked a lot about the challenges of journalism on this show, because I am a journalist and I'm interested in this. And there's clearly a point where uh, classical journalism, as we've known it for the I don't know, last hundred years, is struggling um, because of problems with the revenue model. Um, and the changes are happening. And one of the changes is that, that people are, because you don't need a printing press anymore, you don't need a frequency anymore, you can just publish your own writings, you can just publish a podcast. Um, journalists are going it alone and in, in many cases they're doing a better job. You know, sometimes they're doing a shitty job. Yes, some of them are polemics, uh, some of them are uh, not telling the truth but that is no different to you know, pu- publications or broadcasting um, you know, t- t- traditional ways of of uh, uh, presenting journalism. It's just, it's just a different, different way and it's on different platforms and times are changing and we need to adapt. We need to realize this, and we need to enable these people uh, to do their job. Um, if we, if we are actually in this country, taking our constitution seriously, and we're taking freedom of speech seriously, um, within the bounds that the constitution gives for that, and we're taking freedom of the press seriously, and there are. really no bounce on that to be honest um in the german constitution then then things things need to change and people need to start to pay attention um and i feel like to some extent probably traditional journalists are not reporting on these kind of things because they are Impacting like the little guys and the freelancers, people like me, right? People like on the wave, you know, new media, new rules, on the forefront of this stuff, um, because they are interested in preserving the old ways, which are not working, and they will go down, right? So we need to, we need to. Uh, I, I feel like we need to empower the people who are doing uh, journalism for for the for the for the new age, for the digital age. In some cases, I don't like where it's leading, right? I don't like doing news on TikTok, which is why I don't do them there. But um, yeah, I I, I feel like it's it's clear that that there's a change coming and we need to adapt to it. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, I I, I think I made my point where this is an important topic. Please let me know um, if you have feedback on this, uh, aside from if we had a lot of active feedback and chat during the show which i think is cool um, but if you're listening to this as it was intended pretty much as a podcast and you um you have some feedback please let me know go to private and uh while we're talking about feedback let's uh, let's get into the feedback section here <laughs> We have to get some more coffee here. So, is there still some can I ring? Some more coffee out of this French press? Yes, I can. Yes, we can. Full, full mug, F- full mug of coffee. Uh, so that's that's good. Um, let's do this. Let's talk about the feedback. We have one. Uh, I've, I've got one big block of feedback, which I think was, is very important. So I want to present it to you as is. Uh this is uh, Yevgeny Guznetsov. Wait. Yevgeny Guznetsov, Um who is our uh, yeah kind of official Russian correspondent, not, not the NHL player. Uh, he's uh, reporting boots on the ground from Moscow. And I'm going to I'm going to read you out some of the stuff he's, he's, he's written uh in in the uh, Matrix channel actually of the show. Um and this is of course considers uh, also co- um concerns uh, the last covid 2 pandemic and vaccines. Uh, Yevgeny writes, it's official. Any public-serving business in Moscow, a restaurant, barbershop, grocery store, anything open to the public at large, quote, uh, in quotes, is now required to have at least 60% of the employees vaccinated or face a fine of up to 1 million rubles. That's uh, about 11,500 euros. Also, the Moscow metro system, the subway and city trains, officially refuse to hire anybody, uh, anyone not vaxxed. Universities in Moscow are, quote, seriously considering not letting non-vaxxed students in when the new semester starts on September the 1st, end quote. Also, the mainstream press reports allegedly trying to scare the students into getting vaxxed while there's still time to get both shots. It actually looks like Russian authorities are going to extreme lengths to use the whole COVID thing as an excuse to send as many rights as possible down the drain. I wonder, I wonder why the Western press isn't reporting on this because usually they like to rag on Pu- on Putin for everything, <laughs> including every hack that happens anywhere. Um, so why not? Re- why they not reporting on this? Why is there no mainstream? Why is there no widespread reporting on this? Um, Remember how I mentioned a couple of days ago that public serving businesses—this and this is Yevgeny wrote to us uh, in, in the feedback section at some point about this—that um, uh, that public serving businesses in Moscow are now required to have at least sixty percent of the staff vaxxed. In Russia, there's some quote required vaccines. Oh, a few days ago, actually, he's talking about the uh, first message I read out. He, he wrote this. This was like up. Uh, Up to date uh, updates on the whole thing. Uh, in Russia, there are some quote required vaccines. Uh, there are professions that you aren't allowed to practice unless you're vexed. For example, a restaurant cook is required to have TBC vaccinations, and a school teacher is required to have measles vaccinations, etc. There's a clause in the labor Codec- codex that allows an employer to send an employee home without paying any salary if the employee doesn't have the quote required vaccinations. In the trades, those apply, obviously. There's a list of which vaccines are required for which professions, maintained by the Ministry of Healthcare. SARS-CoV-2 is nowhere near that list. Well, now Moscow authorities say that the clause in the labor codex applies, and it's okay for businesses to send people home without payment if they refuse to get vaxxed. Tightening the uh, screws, uh, I think. Um, and then, you know, he kept, the impacts kept coming and coming. So uh, Evgeny uh, was 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 updating us uh, and he continued, uh, the Moscow healthcare department has now forbidden its hospitals. And this is, this is, this is amazing. Um, I, I, I talked to some people who work in, in German hospitals and I, I told them this and like, these are healthcare professionals from Germany, right? They're very careful about SARS-CoV-2 and they're like literally like, like one, one guy's jaw. Literally dropped when I told him about this. Um, The Moscow Healthcare Department has now forbidden its hospitals to admit non-vaxxed patients, except for emergencies, oncology, hematology, and patients who can't get vaxxed due to medical reasons. Since MHD is basically the local ministry of healthcare and controls all the state-funded hospitals in Moscow, except those directly controlled by federal authorities, it means no scheduled surgeries for the non-vaxxed. So they're basically saying... Getting vaccinated is more important than any other health issue you might have. We're not gonna help you th- with those. Just let that, let that, let that sink in for a second. That is just, uh, that's oh, just. Butchke. Um, Yevgeny continues. Boy, Moscow keeps on delivering non-stop. Just published officially by the mayor, the latest insanity: restaurants, bars, and such are forbidden, at 23, uh, so 11 p.m. till 6 a.m. Only takeouts allowed. Uh, has been like this for a couple of weeks already. Now, starting today, the ban is lifted, but only for those establishments that have all the staff vaxed and have up. Uh, and have set up the software to verify QR codes of visitors' vaccination certificates. I mentioned earlier how we have the digital certificates in the Ghost goes to system. This is actually, yes, this is what I meant. This is, he wrote in about this uh, a few months ago, I think. Uh, only people with valid certificates are allowed inside, with the exception of, and I literally cried out loud as I read this, people under 18 accompanied by a parent or a legal guardian with a valid certificate. <laughs> Every time I think I have a good idea of how far this fucking circus we call our government can go, they go beyond and amaze me again. Um, Just a little perspective. Of course, nobody trusts any Russian... Or any official Russian statistics anymore. But from what I gather, chatting in the medical community, Russia and Moscow in particular in particular, are currently being hit rather hard with the, quote, Delta variant, aka the Indian strain. To the point that Moscow reopened the whole COVID hospitals that it had already closed since last year. The medical university I work at has repurposed its multidisciplinary medical center to be specialized covid to be a specialized COVID clinic last summer and volunteered a lot of professors, grad students and undergrads to work there. This week, we increased the capacity of the center by 300 beds due to excessive load. I mean, things look bad. They do. But all this legislation and all the new norms uh, and later Yevgeny also reported Moscow's mayor's new order Starting next Monday, there's no entering any food establishment, restaurants, cafes, bars, diners, anything, without presenting a QR code that links either a ghost's, ghost's Luji record of a completed two-shot vaccination, Russia-wide, a PCR test no more than three days old, Moscow-wide, or a medical record of having had COVID-19 no more than six months ago. So they're not doing the thing where in Germany to do when you, when you do anything. Uh, you have to do like a, a rapid antigen test. They actually require PCR tests. No exceptions this time. A doctor's note won't do even if it should be recorded in the government electronic medical record system. Privacy? Meh. Democracy? Meh. Uh, Moscow does have a parliament, but all these are mayor's executive's orders not even voted on. Um, In Russia, there's a saying, every joke has some truth in it. Though these days, it's more like every joke has some joke in it. The saying I remember most often these days, however, is Russia doesn't have citizens. She only has suspects. Uh, She only has subjects. Suspects, that would be like the Jersinski probably. No, uh, Russia doesn't have citizens. She only has subjects. Yeah, uh, this is, uh, I mean, I read this, it's kind of jaw-dropping, that's why I wanted to include it. Um, like, if you have some local feedback, please let me know from where you are. I mean, my, my response to this whole Russian insanity uh, can, can only be... <laughs> Ты засранец, вонючий мать твою, а? Ну иди сюда, попробуй меня трахнуть, я тебя сам трахну, ублюдок, канонист чертов, будь ты проклят! Иди, идиот, трахать тебя и всю семью, говно собачье жлоб, вонючий, дерьмо, сука, падла, иди сюда, мерзавец, негодяй, гад, иди сюда, ты говно, жопа! Which actually. Uh... Yevgeny uh, uh transla- well he basically told me what like um gave some feedback um what what this actually, you know, what, what you say. Actually this is really funny because it's all like swearing, but it's not like real swearing. It's more like your mother, your mother, you you your mother. It's not like really saying words that would be, you know, like fuck or something that would be in itself like so basically, he he said it's it's in a way like you actually you're not actually swearing. So there's n- you could actually say all of that on primetime TV. There's nothing that would like you know that would be considered swearing, but it is swearing because people know what you're saying. I mean, Russian is just an amazing language. Um, I like it. Um, super user is coming into um, giving some live feedback, which has nothing to do with this, this show uh, on Twitch chat, but seems interesting. Uh, breaking news: John McAfee has been found dead in his jail cell. Uh, which is interesting to which mode 7 says Assange outlived McAfee <laughs> the fuck um, I mean there is a report here uh, from today uh, from about an an hour ago uh, on Forex Live, uh, which is a cryptocurrency site I think that says John John McAfee dies of suicide in prison cell uh, Spain's El Pais as which is uh, uh, biggest newspaper in spain thing i think reports that mcafee antivirus founder john mcafee was found dead in a cell in barcelona while awaiting extradition on tax evasion charges in the u.s at uh, to the u.s i think but he was like i thought wasn't he so he's not being extradited for murder um 75 year old was a crypto enthusiast and a conspiracy theorist uh everybody's that these days um interesting yeah, he was arrested at the Spanish airport en route to Turkey on a request from the U.S. Justice Department and had been scheduled for extradition. So apparently he uh, died of suicide? Um, okay, you're going to have to keep an eye on this. Uh, it's not really, uh, you know, part of this topic, but, you know, there could be that could be some interesting thing in this. Like, I'll keep an eye on this. Um, yeah, this uh, El Pais uh, story... Oh Pace, my Spanish is horrible, um, seems to, like my Spanish is not that good, but apparently that's what it says. Maybe we can go to um, some live, can go to deep L here, um, and translate this. No, not into German, into English, please. The founder of McAfee antivirus John McAfee was found dead this afternoon in a cell in Brian's Two prison in Sant Esteve de Sesrovires César- in de- de- okay, Barcelona Barcelona according to police sources hmm. Interesting um yeah we'll we'll keep an we'll keep an eye on that story um Do I have a do Do we have a Do I have a conspiracy theory? Um. I don't know. I don't don't really don't really have something ready ready right now. But uh, yeah. Um. I, I mean, the guy was a bit unstable, but I'm I I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to. Uh, you pronounce Spanish exactly how you read it. I don't. I don't think. So. Oh, you mean no? That that you could, that that doesn't like no. That doesn't work. That depends very much on what country you're from. Um, my Spanish is uh, is is not very good. Anyway, um, I think I'm I'm going to end the show on this on this point. I'm just going to put uh, the Mac-Effy, uh link in the show notes in case uh, people people want to know more about that. Uh, thanks to super user for the breaking news. It's another um another upside of doing this live on twitch and uh let's get into uh the segment where i tell you about how this show is made and how you can support oh before we get into that of course private citizen.press press contact link if you have some feedback on anything we discussed here please let me know anyway let's let's talk about how this show uh can survive in the future even with uh with google breathing down our neck Yeah, so this show is uh, produced under the so-called value-for-value model, which was pioneered by the No Agenda podcast, which basically means uh, you get this for free. If you derive some value from it, um, maybe think about what that is and think about giving back. If you want to do that, uh, you can become a patron on Patreon, which is my preferred way because it's kind of like a monthly thing. It's a little bit dependable. Uh, Link in the show notes. Private Citizen Press. Uh, you can send one of monetary contributions via PayPal to the address producers at fab.industries. And, you know, if, uh, if, if, if there's anything else, uh, please let me know. I'll try to work it out. We can probably also, I mean, I have a P.O. box you can send money to if you really want to. Um, and, um, of course, uh, you can also, if you watch this live on Twitch or not, I mean, you can just su- subscribe to my Twitch channel, which is Alpha Bravo, and that's alpha with an F, like in the NATO alphabet, which um, is NATO alphabet for FAB, obviously. Um, yeah, mode 7 says FAB likes checks. I don't know. I've never seen it. Like, I've seen my dad write a check once in my life, I think, that I can remember. I've personally never written a check. I've never cashed a check. If I ever get a check, I probably have to talk about on it on the show if I manage to cash it, because I don't even, I don't even know how that. I, I think I would have to go to my bank. Now I live in Düsseldorf, and my bank's in Hamburg. <laughs> that could be a problem. Um, send instructions for him to cash the check. <laughs> I mean, you know, if it was if it was a significant check, this would actually be uh, be quite cool i think uh you know but if it's just like five euros i don't think i'd bother i just frame the check or something that'd be basically crypto checks Uh, that would would basically be uh trolling i think um in the uk they introduced web scanning of checks wow uh i don't know is that secure (laughs) that sounds i don't know anything about checks so i don't know if that's actually i don't know Uh, during the pandemic, because there was also legislation stopping us from issuing refunds if we haven't transacted in the last six months. Checks, man, that those things are still around just baffles me. Um, Anyway, um, some people have supported the show and they've made this possible, uh, this very episode. So uh, I would like to thank them for uh, tossing a coin to the podcaster. Um, And uh, so thanks to George's. Steve Hose, Butterbeans, Jonathan M. Heavy, Michael Mullen Jensen, Dave, 1I11G, Vlad, Jackie Plaish, Philipp Klostermann, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Michael Small, IKN, Kaisiers, Fadi Mansoor, Bennett Piata, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, Larry Glock, Tobias, David Potter, Matt Jalliman, Mika, Martin, Mode7, Sandman616, Dave Amrisch, Mr. Amish, Avis, Drive Zero, Rookie M, Barry Williams, Jonathan Edwards, Rizal, Rodane the Insane, Captain Akat, Cam, D, RJ Tracy, No Reply, Rick Bragg, Ewan, Robert Forster, and a Super User. Thanks to all of you. Uh, lots of these people have been on board for like over a year or longer, and I have a very, very loyal supporter base, which is amazing. Um, Oh, God, I'm getting checks explained now in chat. Uh, Wow. Um, Yeah, and speaking of chat, speaking of Twitch, also, of course, you can support, as I said, uh, by subscribing uh, to my Twitch channel, um, fox.alpha.bravo on Twitch, uh, which... If you have uh, Amazon Prime, you can do that for free. You just have to renew it every month, whereas the normal subscription is renewed automatically. Um, people have done this. Some of those are the same people I've mentioned before. It's just their Twitch usernames. Uh, so I, I would like to thank or thank again, Mike the Dane, Flash Gordo, Acorontas Seven, Bacon the Pork, Brigadier Sir Sir Nils Olaf, Indie Game EX, Nomd Seven Seven One, Mode Seven is unavailable. Sandman 616, Redeemer F, Ezekiel 017, Centurio Purchase, and Galteran. Thanks to all of you. And, uh... (laughs) Too much trouble. They can just be added to a mural. I could just make a check mural. But that would actually be cool. Just get, like, one dollar checks from all over the world. And I'll just make a... I'll just make a, a giant artwork. Um... A bit like businesses in the U.S. hanging the first dollar on the wall. Fab can hang his donation checks from 59 countries on his wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would actually be funny. Um, not bad. Uh, anyway, I also have to thank ByteMark, uh, ByteMark.co.uk, because they provide the servers that I put the Oli files on, which uh, allows us to be uh, free of censorship by YouTube, which is podcasting. So thanks to ByteMark, ByteMark.co.uk. Um a UK cloud hosting company. They're amazing. They've been supporting free speech um, in the in the guise of myself and my journalistic work for years now, uh, a decade probably uh, by now. And I love them. They're great. Thank you, ByteMark, ByteMark.co.uk. Can only recommend them their service. So as I, I can tell them, there. I think in the, like in pretty much I don't must have been ten years now. There was one instance where the server had to go down. They, were, they wrote me an email, like, the server's going to go down for 10 minutes. We need to replace, like, the motherboard or something. And it was, like, literally, like, 10 minutes or whatever. And it was, it was up again. It was, like, I don't think anybody ever noticed. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So I really like bite mark. Um Thanks. Um, and I w- would also like to credit uh, Raul Cabezali, who can probably speak better Spanish than me, or maybe Portuguese, I can't tell. Uh, who <laughs> who's uh, made the theme song to this podcast called Acoustic Roots? And um, because I do this now, because you know, I license music from Epidemic Sound. I'm going to play us out um, on another tune, uh, which is called "Light Drinking" by Dicty. Um, yeah, that's going to be our ending song. And I'll be back uh, as planned, probably next week, uh, with another episode. We will have a. Um, show hiatus coming up in a bit um i'll be if everything goes according to plan uh dad and me are going to do a motorbike tour this year again um, we had originally planned to go to the north cup uh, which i don't think will happen this year uh, or we we basically postpone it till next year because it's just too hard with all the restrictions right now um we are going to go um through the um uh, through France, uh Towards the Mediterranean and then back up the route Napoleon, um, which I think uh, will be pretty cool. Um, We're gonna go through the mountains. Um, Is it the. the, uh, What's the. Vogesen? What's that? What's that uh, mountain? The Vosks? Yeah. Uh, We're gonna go through those uh, mountains down uh, towards. the french mediterranean coast you know like uh, nice and uh and uh, you know down there um Côte d'Azur. and then we're going to go back up uh the route napoleon which if everything goes according to plan we're going to do that which means there'll be two weeks possibly three weeks without a show um i can't this i've just got too much to do right now i can't pre- uh, seed you with episodes I can't that sounds dirty I can't pre-produce any episodes for you so there, there'll be a there'll be a proper hiatus but I will make up those episodes I promise you um, I will do that in the span of you know before the year's out I will you know at the end of the year I won't have I won't have more episodes published than I promised you so um, you know usually uh, there's a new episode every Wednesday just just warning you ahead of time there will be some weeks coming up where there won't be any episodes but I'll make it up to you I make sure you get your money's worth for all the checks. Um, yeah, and that's it. Um, but I'll see you next week. Next week there'll be an episode, unless uh, something really bad happens. But I, I don't think—I'll you know, think we'll we'll get it done. Um, I hope until then um, you have a good time. Uh, you're doing well wherever you are. You're not being—I mean—all our freedoms are being uh, mutilated right now. But hopefully, it's not. It's not massively bad where you are. And if it is, I mean, you know, aim aim, aim to misbehave a little bit.